I want to welcome you to another episode of the Darren Sargent Show. I am your host, Darren Sargent, and this is the podcast where you get life advice from a single-handed perspective. Today, I am so very, very excited. If you listened to my last episode called $3 and some change, I told you this was coming up. A very, very special interview with my parents. I'm excited to have them joining us today, right here on the Darren Sargent Show. Get ready. We're going to get started right now. As I mentioned in our last episode, my family has been in for my daughter's wedding, and as a result, I get to interview my parents. And I thought, man, this would be a great opportunity to hear from them on the events surrounding my birth. Um, not trying to hog the show, but it is my podcast, so I guess I could do what I want. So good to have you, Mom and Dad. Thanks for joining. It's good to be here. <clears throat> awesome to be here. Okay. The year was 1969. Mom, you remember it? Probably. I remember very well. Very well. Take it away, Mom. I'm going to let you start. Okay. Um, I would, my husband and I were 23 years old, and we were expecting our first child. And... Um, he was to be born on April 1st, which was April Fool's, and I said, I don't want that date. <laughs> uh, before I had him, I went home uh, to my hometown of Salinas, and I had a, my friends and church family gave me a baby shower, and my mom and sister later told me they didn't think everything was right with me, which I didn't know. But anyway, on um, April 4th, we went to a, um, a um, Easter, pre-Easter service, Good Friday, I guess. And we went there, and uh, I hadn't had any signs of having Darren, and um, we, went, we went out to eat with friends and came back home, and I knew it was time. So we went to St. Anthony's Hospital in Pendleton, Oregon. St. Anthony's. They've I, tore that down since, haven't they? Yes. yes. They've tore it down. Anyway, we went there, and uh, I was in labor about four and a half hours. And uh, when I went to have Darren, uh, and after I had him, the doctor was very, very silent, Dr. McGowan. And he was very silent, and I said, Dr. McGowan, what's wrong? And he says, well, you have a very special child that's going to need a lot of love. And he brought Darren to me and laid him by my side and showed me that Darren was missing his left hand. My husband and I had never taken drugs or done anything uh, or drank or anything. So it was quite a shock. I had never seen anybody born like Darren. So afterwards... Um, uh, finally, my husband, we had friends that one lady said, God told her, I have to go back to the hospital. We had no family there with us. And we went uh, back to the hospital, and Estelle was with us. And then the doctor, I guess, called Harold in and told him. And then you can tell what you felt. 
All right. I remember the doctor coming out and said, you have a healthy baby boy. Uh, it's just one situation that he is missing part of his left arm. And so I was somewhat shocked, of course. And I remember going down the hall and I entered into an empty room. This is like about 2 o'clock in the morning. And I got in that room and it was dark and I think I looked up toward the ceiling and I said, God, you and I are going to have to have a talk. And we are going to do it right now. And I was very specific about that. And so I asked God to help us and to give me wisdom, to give me strength, to know what to say, to know what to do because I knew that my wife would be anxious at this moment on how I would feel. I remember going into the room and seeing her, and of course she looked at me with questioning eyes, and, but the peace of God had come and flooded my soul, and I believe it entered into that room with me. And she felt the same thing. And we knew everything was going to be all right. We just knew that uh, we were going to have to face situations, but that was going to be all right because we were going to do it right. And that is by trusting God and asking him to help us. So that was the beginning of a tremendous life and a lot of great experiences and some experiences weren't so great but uh, the good far outweighs the bad absolutely it was quite a journey that we went on and we went they wanted us to go to genetic counseling and so we went to another town to a doctor and there the doctor told us that Darren's eyes were too small and his fingers were too long. And we laughed at the fingers because we both have long fingers. But anyway... God was um, making up for the extra, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But anyway, um, after we left there, Harold says, we are, my husband said, we're not going back. We're through with that. This has been a God thing. And so we did trust the Lord through it. We went through a lot of fun experiences and some sad experiences with Darren. And I always remember going to a photographer when he was about nine months old. And, and my friend Linda was with me. And she, um, the d photographer kept trying to pull Darren's hand out of the sleeve. <laughs> I had him dressed so cute in a little sweater outfit, and and uh, Linda just broke down and started crying and said, uh, it was Linda Cantola, and she said, he doesn't have a hand. And so, oh, the photographer just was, <laughs> just couldn't believe it. But anyway, that was one of the experiences, and there's many experiences. I don't know how many you want. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about it. I, and this is, I'm trying to use two different microphones here so if you hear a little reverb and it's not used to the quality that we usually have on the show I apologize but the content is far far better than the quality in my opinion so 
uh, we're just going to roll with it. Um, Mom, talk a little bit about you guys lived in some apartments, and there was oh, yeah. there was a uh, a young man, a college student, right. that lived in those apartments. Tell tell a little bit about yes, that. Yes, we lived in. Uh, it was called the Challenger Inn, and um, we lived there. And there was a boy next door that him and three or four guys roomed together, and he had an arm similar to Darren's, and so. Right away, and we watched how he would always try to hide it, and he was always just didn't want people to see. And we both made up our mind then, we're not going to let Darren be that way. We're going to let him be proud of who he is and go on. And so um, that was that was a God thing, I think, that showed us how we wanted to be with Darren. We wanted him to not show, be ashamed of what he had. Well, you guys have you guys have modeled that throughout my life, even into my teenage years and even into college. I remember after my first year of college, I uh, I was working construction with you for Ken Mabry. We were working construction, and uh, I think I started with siding. And they realized I'm probably not going to be a one-handed cider. And then Ken said, said well, let's, let's put them on the roof. So I became a roofer for two minutes. And, <laughs> and I, remember, I remember one day I was just I was frustrated because all I was doing was just picking up scraps. And my attitude was wrong. And you pulled me, Dad, you pulled me into one of those unfinished homes and had quite a talking to me. Do you remember that? Do you remember a little bit about that? I really don't. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll kind of, yeah, it, it's something I always often go back to, but you said to me, you said, Darren, you're not a carpenter. It was the first time either of you had ever said anything to me along the lines of something I probably couldn't do. You were always very positive, always when everyone was jumping off the rocks into the lake in Snake River Canyon, you made sure I was the first to go or tubing down the hill in the snow, you guys made sure I was the first to go and facing things. Uh, I remember, let me back up, I'll get back to the story about the construction, but let me get back to when I was five, going to school. And then also, I think I got a bicycle around that time. And yeah, evil, what, evil say, Knievel bike. Evil Knievel bike, that's right. <laughs> and how, Mom, you, you pushed me out and just kind of pushed me and said, you could do it. But fast forward now, you know, all these years, and I'm going into my sophomore year of Bible college and I'm wanting to do construction and I'm not, I'm not doing what I feel like I could do. And you pull me into this house. You say, listen, you're not a construction worker. <laughs> you're shorthanded. <laughs> and um, you said, this is not what God's called you to do. And I, I always go back to that because, you know, sometimes I think we can get so focused on the things we can't do instead of focusing on the things that God really called us to do. Um, so there's, I mean, there's many, many moments 
where God just came in. If if you have some that come to your mind, let's just we'll just talk about it. We're we're going to go as long as we want to go today. This will be a long episode. Shriners Hospital was where we took Darren. Okay, talk about that for a minute because I was if someone found out in Pendleton of the way I was born, and they you have to be inducted into the Shriners, right? Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. So tell that a little bit and go yeah, into the Shriners story. There was a, a friend of ours at church, and he worked for a uh, dealership, a uh, Ford dealership, I believe, and he knew the one of the owners was connected with Shriners Hospital. So they got us connected, and we took Darren to Shriners Hospital and when he was just a few months old, and then they began to start um, fitting him with a prosthesis. Uh, the first one was just a hand, yeah. you know, just a plas- uh, rubber-type hand. And anyway, um, that was a, a good experience. We've got a lot of experiences with Shriners. I won't go into all that right now. But they later um, fitted him with a hook and that. And he'd wear it, but he didn't like to wear it. it, it got well, you guys way. never forced me no. to wear it. And I've told the story of my first grade. That people that listen to this podcast know the story of my my first grade teacher who uh, I wore the prosthetic and it jabbed a kid in the lip and and she gave me a note and I had to bring it I had to bring it back to you and I remember mom you pulling it out of my folder. We had to bring a folder with our stuff, our homework. And you handed it to dad, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm in trouble. And to this day, I have no idea what that letter, you never read me that letter. You guys never read that letter. You never read it to me. Because she was so adamant that I shouldn't wear that to school. I was not like the other children. How dare I would bring that to school. it It caused harm. She was upset. But you and mom stood there. I could see it in my brain. You were sitting in the recliner, whatever chair it was. Mom was standing right to the right of you. You read the letter. You folded it up. You put it on the nightstand or uh, the, the stand next to the recliner. And you picked me up off the floor. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and you said these words, Darren, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. made. Yep. God's got a plan for you. And... That started this journey that I've been on for, you know, the last forty something years of my life, and you guys have been such an incredible, vital part. But um, I, I mean, we could we could go we could go There's all so the way. There are so stories. many stories. But Dad, you were getting ready to say something a few minutes ago. I'm gonna let you take it. I remember as we took our family to youth camp and to family camp every year there in Idaho, and we're very involved in the camp. One year, we had a problem with our vehicle. Transmission went out, and I had to put a new one in, and that was just before camp. Darren was 16 years old, and it took all of our money to do that. So I had to face the family and tell them, I don't think we're going to camp this year. And of course, everybody was, as you would say nowadays, they were super bummed. Uh, 
And we just, there was just no way uh, financially we could go. And I b- remember the next service in church, we were talking to some people, and a man said, you know, I just bought a motor home, and we're not going to be able to use it for a while, and I'd like to see, you know, how it runs out on the road. He said, would you guys like to take this to, to camp? And I, I just said, absolutely. <laughs> and so we had a uh, vehicle to go in and a place to stay just for the price of gas, which was such a blessing. And that is the year that I forget who was preaching. It was B.J. Wilmoth. Was it? B.J. Wilmoth. And there was a night when I saw my son laying on the sawdust floor of that old tabernacle for over an hour and a half. And that is the year, that is the time that God spoke to him and called him into service for him. I often thought, what if we did not go? And so I just uh, had to repeat again. I said, Satan, you lost again. Because he tried to hinder us from going. And I've wondered many times what his life would have been like if he did not have that experience. So we are, again today, rehearsing something that we've been very, very thankful for and happy to see happen and how God has led Darren through the years and blessed he and his family. And he has been a blessing to hundreds and thousands along the way. But that is where it began in McCall, Idaho, on a sawdust floor in an old tabernacle at an old camp meeting grounds. And what a day! that was yeah um that's i didn't even, i didn't even know that I, I forgot all about that and someone just rang our doorbell and my dog's barking so i apologize for that uh uh anyways it just how it happens sometimes when you're doing a show from home i don't have a professional studio but anyways um that was that was just an amazing an amazing moment. Um, that camp, I'll never forget it. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those moments where God just just changes your life. And all it takes is one. Right. All it takes is just one moment and God can turn things around. Um, Mom, talk about, talk about a little bit about just the, um, maybe some of the early teenage years um you know wrestling with wrestling with a uh i don't call it a disability i don't even call it a handicap but wrestling with the difference i think the technical term now is limb difference that's what they call it now and um but maybe speak to moments where maybe god gave you some some clarity maybe even when i was younger um, I know your sister Linda 
Dad, your sister tells a story about seeing you in the chapel at the hospital, and and was it the chapel or the it was something like that. Uh, okay, I can't remember. Yeah, it was something like that. A week later or something that she came, and uh, but. Tell a little bit about, Mom, tell a little bit of maybe some of the things God spoke to you or had people speak to you in those early days. Well, in the early days, one of the first memories is we were at Shriners Hospital, and we had a doctor there named Dr. Eckhart, and he looked at us and, and he said, well, if you don't want this boy, I'll take him. <laughs> and we said, oh, no. <laughs> and then there was, there was just so many things in your childhood. I remember the deals with wrestling, and you turned out to be very good at it. And then I remember when you were in high school and you were going to, um, you wanted to take typing. You wanted to take typing. And so all he had was the one hand to type. So he had a teacher. Darren would remember the name. Alan Kelsey. I've actually talked to him yeah. just a few years ago. He take, he got Darren a book on how to type with one hand. Well, he Darren can type faster than I ever thought of typing with one hand. But anyway, that's always a memory. There's so many memories. When he was, his preschool memories... If I have time, I'm going to tell this real quickly. We put him in preschool when he was like three or four. He went two years. And he had um, Mrs. Culper was his teacher. And she immediately loved Darren. And it was Thanksgiving time, and they were doing stringing macaroni to make beads. And all the kids would come up and say, I can't do this. I can't string it. And then she'd say, well, would you look at Darren? Darren took the piece of macaroni. He set it on his stub arm, and he began to just do it. And she said, that is amazing. So if Darren can do it, you can do it. So those are memories. I have so many memories of when he was a childhood and um, when he was a child. And it's just... It would be overwhelming to begin to tell them all. We had people that, um, I don't know if it was preschool or kindergarten or whenever, that didn't know he was playing at a park. And the kids would begin screaming and saying, oh, what's wrong with that boy and, and stuff. And he would come many times with tears in his eyes, and we would just hug him and tell him, it's all right, you're okay, you're as good as they are. So those are memories. And uh, that one memory I'm trying to remember, oh, we had just started Kimberly. We moved to Idaho, and he was going to school. He was going to school. And uh, one day he come home from school, and I found him down in his bedroom, and he was laying on the floor crying. He said, Mom, why did I have to be born this way? And I said, Honey, God has a plan for you, and it was a God reason that this happened, but you were as good as those kids. So you get up and wipe those tears and go on. You're wonderful, and we love you. Man, you guys weren't supposed to make me cry. <laughs> That's not what this was about. But no, um, There's so many memories. There, there, really there really are. There really are. Dad used to always tell me, and I still don't understand what it means, but he'd say, keep a stiff upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep a stiff upper lip. 
and you're going to make it. And I owe so much to the both of you, and I'm so very, very grateful for God allowing me to to have parents that handled my difference the way that you did. Um, not I know in my travels and people I meet and different ones I come in contact with, even on a day-to-day basis, that don't have the privilege I've had. So I just want to say to the both of you how much I love you and I appreciate you and so thankful for you. And, and uh, I was the firstborn, so no doubt it was... I need to get my brothers on here so they can tell all their stories. Their stories are a lot meaner than... than you guys are real kind and nice, and my brothers are... They probably tell some bad stories. I probably don't need to have them on here, but what a treat it uh, has been just to have the both of you here on this show today. I mean, this is probably the longest podcast I've ever done. This is it. It's the longest one, so um, I think that's a good thing. Mom, Dad, love the both of you. Thank you so much for being on here. We love you too. We and love it's you a much. privilege to be a part of a great big family and uh, to see what God's going to do in the days ahead is just so awesome. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining. Mom, any parting shots? Anything you need to say? We'll have to have episode. We'll have to have episode two uh, of this coming up. So, all right. Thanks again, mom and dad. Thanks for listening, everybody. Glad you joined us right here on the Darren Sargent Show. Visit DarrenSargent.com to learn more. God bless.